Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome back to the Bill Press Pod and a very special guest today, Washington Post columnist Dana Milbank. You know, I read the Post every morning. Come on, you can't really follow what's happening in Washington unless you do. And the first place I turn is to the op-ed page and Dana Milbank. Dana not only writes about events in Washington, he covers a lot of them in person himself. He and I have attended a lot of White House briefings together, for example. And in his column, he records his comments with a combination of insight, wit, disbelief, outrage and biting humor. As a fellow columnist, I must admit, nobody does it better. Dane is at his best when skewering Republican clowns in the House of Representatives, as he did about the first hearing of the Select Committee on January 6th in a column titled, As January 6th Hearings Begin, Republican Side with the Terrorists. Dana Milbank, good to talk to you and welcome to the Bill Press Pod. It is great to be with you, Bill. Hey, thanks so much. You know, this is a day that makes people like you and me so happy, Dana. We wake up to find out that Sarah Palin is going to run again. Maybe, at least. Just think about it. Doesn't that make your day? Oh, it's old timer's day. <laughs> I, I love it. She's, she's like, it's like, it's like uh, Babe Ruth getting back in the game. But uh, uh, you, you know what? She was, she was Trump before there was Trump. Uh, you know, she pioneered this, uh, you know, the whole version of the Republican Party we are seeing today. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just really a pivotal moment. In fact, I'm doing a book going back to 1994. And I, you know, you know, she's one of those absolute key figures, you know, along with Newt, uh, along with Karl Rove, along with McConnell, and, of course, the more recent cast of characters. Right. No, absolutely. What I wonder is, um, she's been living in Arizona, I think, like, for at least 10 years. <laughs> Do you think anybody in Alaska remembers her, knows who she is? I, I think everybody in America who was alive uh, oh, yeah. in true. 2008 to, you know, say 2011 uh, uh, cannot forget her. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, but the, the real question is, you know, so she's <clears throat> had the sort of Trump base before, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Trump had that base. Uh, so I think they're. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to handicap it, but I think she's got. Uh, she would probably have a pretty natural following. Um, uh, you know, the real question, I, I suppose, is you know, is it is is Alaska, uh, Lisa Murkowski's Alaska, mm -hmm. or is it you know Trump's Alaska? So it, that you know could be like a a proxy war. Uh, well, I, I certainly hope she runs because it'll give us, uh, you you and me and a lot of others, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, 
a lot of material to cover. Right? You know, so, I used to I used to feel that way, Bill. But you know, I you know, like I I love the material, but now I feel like it's all right. You know what? I got enough material. I'd like a little less. <laughs> I'd like to have it. You know, days when things are normal. When you know the there's nobody's acting like a white supremacist. Nobody's being violent. Nobody's upending the rule of law. I would just you know I yearn for like a really boring uh, appropriation subcommittee hearing. Uh, well, you're not getting that today uh, so much from Republicans in the House. Uh, I was particularly struck by a recent column of yours uh, just the other day when uh, you uh, covered a news conference that was held uh, the same day, the first hearing of the Select Committee on January 6th, the same day, uh, there were six Republicans who held a news conference in front of the Department of Justice. Uh, you, uh, Your column had the headline, as hearings begin, Republicans side with the terrorists. Who was there? What was their message, Dana? Yeah, and I and I think it's uh, it's time we call a spade a spade. And you know, we, we've wrestled with what to call the insurrectionist on January sixth. And I noticed that I think it was Hodges, one of the right. police officers, was calling them terrorists. I think that's right. I mean, some were you know calling them domestic terrorists. A terrorist is a terrorist. They're uh, uh, they were there to disrupt our. Uh, democratic uh, way of life. But uh, so these were the usual sort of wingnut characters. You had Maggie, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you had uh, Gates, you had uh, uh, Gozar, Biggs, Gomert. I, I think there was another slightly less crazy one there, maybe a good. Uh, but uh, uh, so they had it in mind that they would have that particular day to demand justice, uh, not for our constitutional system, but for the um, those who are uh, being jailed awaiting trial uh, for their role in the insurrection. Now, of course, as Americans, we believe everybody has their constitutional rights and due process. Uh, but it definitely, you know, they were calling them political prisoners as opposed to actually violent criminals who broke into the Capitol with the intent of of killing lawmakers. Um, but um, they were uh, they were ambushed by uh, a, an older fellow with a whistle under his <laughs> face mask. And one guy with a whistle at a pretty small news conference can make a heck of a lot of noise. Um, and you know, I I was I was amused by the scene, but I was also a bit annoyed because I couldn't you know hear them to get their quotes. Uh, so the guy with the whistle was not thinking of my needs. Um, and then they you know they had uh, there were a few other hecklers uh, shouting about uh, you know Matt Gates being a pedophile, and there was somebody in a giant. Uh, Trump costume saying pedophiles uh, for Trump. So uh, it was quite a scene. Uh, they had they had come, you know, ostensibly to get an audience with Merrick Garland. But for some reason, the attorney general decided oh. not to, 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 <laughs> to yeah. have a meeting well, with this motley crew. I think he probably said, why don't you schedule an appointment? Well, it, um, it, it certainly but, was a colorful scene. But at the same time, it, it, it's pretty disturbing, right? When Republican, when any member of Congress, right, is basically siding with the terrorists, if we want to call them that, or the mobsters, whatever, yeah. uh, as against law enforcement. I mean, what happened yeah. to the Republican Party as a party of law and order? Right. And, you know, what this what was disturbing, I think, was not just, you know, I mean, you never know what the nutters are going to do. But I mean, that same day you had um, Kevin McCarthy and his leadership team, uh, you know, they had a news conference. They weren't blaming the insurrectionists for January 6th. They're blaming Nancy Pelosi. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess because she appointed somebody to the Capitol Police Board. She appointed exactly the same number of people to the Capitol Police Board as Mitch McConnell did, but somehow he was not to blame uh, for the for the insurrection. Um, and, you know, they were basically blaming the cops and blaming Pelosi and, you know, just by omission. Uh, letting off the, the, you know, the actual violent people who attack the Capitol and uh, with the aim of killing uh, Pelosi uh, and Mike Pence. So, you know, it's not just the people on the fringes. I mean, you're, all, you're always going to have people in any party on the fringes saying crazy things. The problem is they seem to be, you know, there's a quite a bit of overlap with the with the, the mainstream of the party and the party leadership. And, you know, what I'm hearing is a lot more sympathy for the people who attack the Capitol uh, than their victims and their target. Uh, and in fact, as uh, Marine Dowd reminded us in her column on Sunday, there were 21 Republicans who voted against giving a gold medal to the uh, Capitol Police officers who protected them on January 6th. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's lots of lots of questions to be raised uh, about, uh, you know, who actually stands uh, with the police. You know, there would been a lot written. I've written about, uh, you know, in in all of these iterations of COVID, uh, the, the Democrats have been trying to send more money to the states for the police. Uh, Republicans have been. Uh, opposing that. Now, is that defunding the police? Well, it's certainly not funding the police. Uh, and then you look at the cops program, you know, year after year, Republicans actually have been trying to defund the police. So, uh, you know, I think the Democratic uh, claim uh, on that is, uh, is is very much a strong one. Uh, you know, and, you know, who's who's trying who's who's siding with the cops and trying to get, uh, you know, military weapons off the streets of America. It's, it's certainly not the Republicans. So uh, I don't think the Democrats should be playing defense on that issue at all. I think they should be on the offense. Right. Um, it, it, it's hard to understand. But um, is is there any basis at all that one could say? Uh, any reason, reasonable argument you could make uh, to side with the mobsters, the, the armed mob that attacked the Capitol. Um, I mean, th th this was nothing short of an attempt to undermine democracy and overthrow the U.S. government. Oh, right? come on, Bill. It what was a normal missing? tourist visit. Yeah. Oh, a normal <laughs> tourist visit, right. <laughs> Um, you know, look, I, I think there's nothing, uh, you know, I think we, we all should say that the, uh, the accused, anybody accused of anything in America uh, gets due process and has their constitutional rights and should be uh, uh, treated fairly like. Uh, everybody else. I don't. You know, nobody disagrees with that. There right. were some claims, some complaints that these these people were being uh, not being uh, you know being treated unfairly or being held in uh, solitary confinement. And you, know, you had Elizabeth Warren and Dick Durbin, to their credit, speaking up and saying, "Hey, let's uh, let's make sure they're being treated fairly like everybody else." Um, so you know, by all means, they should have their constitutional rights. Uh, but it's just, it's just such a curious. Uh, placing of emphasis, uh, you know, not on the, uh, the, uh, the victims of this who were uh, the members of Congress, uh, the police, and um, our democratic way of life. So, uh, I mean, there's, there's no question that the sympathies seem to be uh, lying in the wrong place here. Um, and, you know, you know yeah. setting aside the issue of, yes, of course, everybody accused uh, in America deserves uh, uh, the, the, the protection of law. 
Right. And that particular group, at any rate, the six you mentioned and then a couple of others, are clearly standing uh, with the insurrectionist and not with the Capitol Police uh, who defended them. Uh, another column recently, uh, Dana, or Ka <laughs> so uh, Speaker Pelosi, uh, perhaps in a moment of, certainly in a moment of frustration, uh, said about Kevin McCarthy when he uh, challenged the mask rule in the House of Representatives, saying it was more, uh, it was just a political move on her part to have more political control. Uh, she retorted, He's such a moron. <laughs> uh, your column uh, entitled Fact Check Is Kevin McCarthy a Moron? Uh, well, what's the answer? Well, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like uh, my readers, your listeners, to make their own judgments. So I just decided to list a whole bunch of things that he has said. Uh, he clearly uh, has done, you know, serious battle over the years with the English language. Uh, he has he's come out the loser on most of those uh, battles. Uh, and to be fair, I checked with his staff. I said, you know, is this guy, you know, if he has so, some sort of a speech disability, we shouldn't be making fun of the guy. There's no, you know, nothing wrong with that. But they, they did not make such a claim. So that sort of uh, eliminates more benign possibilities. So I use the lingo of the truth teller to say mostly true. But, uh, you know, of course, everybody's entitled to their own uh, uh, their own judgment on this. I, I do think um, people should, uh, you know, maybe diagram one of his speeches. <laughs> and it's not just like I didn't pick no. out speeches where he made errors. I just picked out – I just looked at all the speeches he made that week. And you could do the same thing in any week. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I wrote that, you know, Rachel Maddow a few years ago called it a word typhoon. But it's really more of a tornado because they just sort of – the words get just like distributed at random and you know, phrases at random. And some words just disappear. You can't find them anywhere. Um, but it definitely has that tornado effect like, you know, suddenly the kitchen sink is in the bedroom. <laughs> and it, 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 it's that that's that's what that's what seems to be going on when between his brain and his mouth. Uh, it does make you sometimes after, uh, when he completes the sentence, scratch your head and say, what? What did he say? What is yes. what is that? Right. Mean? I'm not sure if I agree or disagree because I, <laughs> I have no idea what he just said. But the other thing, he, he bounces around. Um, I mean, look, he's certainly an all out Trumper at the same time. Um, at one time, he said the president is clearly responsible for what happened on January 6th. And like a week later, he said, you know, there's no evidence that the president instigated this at all. Yes. And, and then last week he was saying that, in fact, it was Nancy Pelosi on on upon further review. He's 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 gone to the videotape. Yeah. Um did, uh, do you think that Nancy Pelosi uh, outplayed him on this January 6th commission? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's been an interesting uh, duel there. I mean, they're they're in the position now of saying, first of all, Nancy Pelosi is responsible for the insurrection, right. and then they were saying we want a fair and bipartisan <laughs> investigation. Now, how do you say that after you <laughs> right. you've defeated the bipartisan, completely independent commission that was negotiated by the ranking Republican on the Homeland Security Committee in the House at Kevin uh, McCarthy's uh, at his request? Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, I think basically in this case, his, you know, his sort of his initial instinct was 
correct. He saw what uh, Trump had done, uh, and then he quickly realized that that his uh, instinct for what was right was colliding with his uh, sur- political survival instinct, which is to stay uh, at the top of this party, not leading the party. He's basically following, um, and that means that he cannot have any distance between him and Trump. So, you know, we had the kissing of the ring at, uh, at Mar-a-Lago, and it's been uh, all Trump uh, fealty uh, ever since. So, you know, look, I think he's uh, he's very weak. Uh, he, he's not in charge of that caucus. He's, you know, Jim Jordan is running uh, mm-hmm. the, the House caucus, essentially, you know, Jim Jordan, who he would have placed on this uh, committee to, to blow it up. Uh, I did have, you know, I, I wondered if Pelosi was making the right move and booting uh, uh, Jordan and who was the other one? Banks, Banks off the Banks, uh, committee. Right. Um, but, you know, you just listen to these guys and clearly they were just going to um, stop it from doing anything. So, you know, look. Would have been better to have an independent commission. That was an option. Uh, so, it, you know, we're going to get some answers. And the best thing the committee can do, less than reaching its own conclusion, is just have the officers out there like they were last week doing that. And, you know, mm-hmm. we got to hear the story over and over again. Um, we've got to make sure that the you know side of democracy, you know, uh, wins the narrative uh, as opposed to, you know, the insurrectionists winning the narrative. How do you assess the role of Liz Liz Cheney in all of this? You know, I don't know, Bill. I've been I've been now I've been wondering if I had Dick Cheney wrong all along. <laughs> don't go that far. You know, maybe he was a force for good in the world. Uh, well, he must have done something right with his daughter, or maybe it was Lynn. But uh, um, I mean, this is uh, it's it's she's she's very brave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if she's making a political calculation, it's such a it's such a long shot um, that she's making. But I, you know, I think it's it's heroic. I think it's. Uh, um, was it Margaret Chase Smith who's stood up to McCarthy? I think it's, you know, in, in that, uh, uh, in that vein. Um, and, uh, you know, Kinzinger is a lower profile, but, you know, they've, they've risked their uh, political career, but also just sort of, you know, personal approbation and, you know, mm-hmm. all kinds of abuse to say, Hey, this is what's right. It has nothing to do with political party. It has nothing to do with ideology. I believe in our, our constitutional democracy, and you know, why this is controversial is at this moment is why we're in such a mess. Right. Um, one other column I wanted to ask you about before we move on to some other things in the news today. Um, uh, you talk about the Republicans who are really out there undermining the right people's right to vote in state after state after state, the red states, of course, uh, and yet at the same time they're defending people's right to infect other Americans by not getting vaccinated. Uh, An interesting contradiction that they put themselves in. Yeah. Well, I think there's a similarity or, or, you know, there's a, there's a common thread in all of it and it is consistent. It's rights for me, but not for you. Um, So, uh, you know, I think they are defining rights by, you know, giving them to their supporters and not to uh, their political opponents. Uh, so you do have, you know, this rash of uh, laws in, uh, uh, you know, basically, you know, protecting you from having to wear a mask uh, in these, I don't know, 26 or so states. They're the, always the same usual suspects. Um, and uh, then you have all these memory laws uh, going on in these same states saying you're not allowed to talk about uh, racism in history. We're, you know, we're going to stick with the lost cause narrative. 
Um, um, you know, so and at the same time, they are um, uh, cracking down on uh, on voting rights. You know, vote, uh, mm-hmm. voting roll purges, uh, voter ID, you know, with the blessing of the Supreme Court. So, uh, you know, I think it. I think they it is an idea of a selective application uh, of rights. So, um, I, I suppose you could turn around and say it's a. You know, the other states are are, are equally selective, but they are on the side of uh, keeping people alive and letting people vote. So. It's, uh, yeah, uh, it's and a, it's I, I think that's a big difference. I think that's a uh, that's an important difference. Our guest today on the Bill Press Pod, Washington Post columnist Dana Milbank. You can find him in the Washington Post at least twice a week, and uh, today you find him here on the Bill Press Pod. Hey, Dana, we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and pick up on a couple of things happening in the news this week. As you know, occasionally we mention some organizations here during our break on the Bill Press Pod, organizations that I believe are worthy of your support. And today, I want to tell you about probably the most important of them all, the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, the preeminent civil rights organization in this country. I've been a member for many years, and I must admit, sometimes they drive me crazy with the people that they represent whom I totally disagree with, but it proves their point that their goal is to ensure that the basic rights of the Constitution are available and meaningful for all Americans, regardless of race, gender, sexual orientation, or Republicans and Democrats and independents, conservatives or Republicans, or even socialists. That's the ACLU. Wherever you are in the political spectrum, you know they are fighting for you. Check out their website at aclu.org. Become a member like I am. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Back on the Bill Press Pod. Thank you again for joining us. And please say hello with me to our guest, Washington Post columnist uh, Dana Milbank. So, uh, Dana, let's go to um, we've talked about some of the things that are happening in the news today. Um, what a difference is it for you uh, covering Washington, D.C. in the age of Joe Biden versus the age of Donald Trump? Night well, and day? You can measure it, Bill, in my blood pressure. I think, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's a uh, you know you don't 
you don't wake up every day saying what man-made catastrophe <laughs> occurred overnight. You don't, you know, you're not worried that your phone is going to buzz with some tweet threatening to start a nuclear war. Uh, you know, there's there's a certain calm. I, you know, I, I worry that we're sort of in our, you know, Prague spring that, you know, things have, things look okay, but, you know, we're, we're sort of in some interregnum before things get really bad again, but at least for the moment you feel that, okay, there's, there's a return of uh, sanity, of predictability, of stability, and some rebuilding of the institutions of democracy that, that gotten, that got beaten up. I mean, you know, Biden is boring. I, you know, delightfully boring in my view. So I, I, I spend almost no time writing about him. I spend almost all my time writing about the ongoing threat to mm-hmm. uh, democracy so that we don't uh, get caught by surprise again uh, in, in next year in, uh, or, or in 24. Uh, but uh, yeah, Biden is just, just delightfully boring. Um, well, yeah. And one big difference is, uh, and we just experienced it again, yet again, this past weekend. He takes the weekend off, which means like we can take the weekend off, right? You don't have to be constantly checking uh, the latest tweet and the latest uh, yeah, tornado. And the white and the White House follows a schedule. It works during the day. It is quiet at night. Now, of course, if there's a crisis in the world, right. yeah. they're on duty. They respond. Of course, they do. They have you know some of the uh, you know strongest, most experienced people in the national security realm, uh, the economic realm. Uh, but uh, you know, it wasn't just you know. Obviously, the, the crises can occur. Well, the problem during the Trump era was he was causing the crises. Uh, right. You know, it was basically that was the style of leadership to move from crisis to crisis and use those crises to uh, rally and motivate uh, his base. So they were imaginary crises. I mean, you you have the same thing going on now with uh, critical race theory, you know, and, you know, yeah. defund the police, right. which are, you know, they took things that had a, a, a kernel of truth and they turned them into uh, some sort of monstrous thing that they weren't, uh, you know, for the purpose of rallying the base. But, you know, when it's not the president of the United States doing it, 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 it doesn't have the same effect. So, right. uh, so there is this, there is this calm, you feel like you can, you know, plan for your life and, you know, you know, go on vacation and the country will still be here uh, when you get back. And I, you know, I suppose uh, I, I'm, I'm sure it's the same for business. They can, you know, in a, a more mm-hmm. fundamental way, they can make plans uh, for the future, knowing there's, you know, at least in the near term, some stability. So, right. uh, you know, it's, it's, a, a, it's a definitely a healthier way to, uh, to live as a country. So as boring as the presidency may be, I think the key the, the, the key question remains, can he get anything done? Um, it looks like, Dana, that he may prove that um, Congress can still work together. Congress can still get something done. Bipartisanship can still work, meaning um, there may be an infrastructure bill as early as this week. Yeah, it looks How do pretty you read good. It? It does look pretty good for that. I mean, I, I would not count out Mitch McConnell. I mean, you know, he's he's holding. You know, seems to be uh, hinting that he could support it, but you know, he's also demanding, you know, this huge vote voterama on all kinds of amendments. You know, with some of which will be uh, dilatory or or poison pills. So, um, 
you know, it, it very easily could be blown up. But there just seems to be a will there uh, that this is going to work, if not this week, one way or the other. You know, that's something that everybody wants, uh, an infrastructure bill that everybody's been trying to do. I don't think that means we're in some new season when everybody's going to, uh, you know, get along and, and, and you know, pass a voting rights bill. I think that there, there, there are some right. serious limits to this, but, uh, uh, but, but yeah, certainly it's a, it's, it's very encouraging to see that, uh, that things can work if, uh, people want to make it happen. Um, you know, I, I, I am, I, I am concerned because you have to ask what is in it, uh, for Mitch right. McConnell. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I'm not sure I see exactly what's in it for him. But you know, I I I, I count on some of our uh, colleagues to do the research here because I haven't done it. But I can't remember whether you can the last time that there was a major piece of bipartisan legislation. I don't remember any under President under Obama, and certainly none under Trump. Right. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, 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 George W. Bush and Ted Kennedy uh, on education. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, th- Which- uh, that, that may well be. Um, there, there certainly haven't been. I mean, look, they agree all the time on relatively minor things or emergency right. things. But, uh, you know, they somehow keep the government running. They've had, you know, various omnibus uh, spending, the, 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 you know, the, the budget deal that uh, – uh, kept us off the fiscal cliff for a few years, but no, here we're, we have some you know fundamental agreement. This is it's quite unusual, and I I, I don't yeah. expect it'll be the uh, uh, the beginning of things to come. But let's you know take take it take it if we can get it right. I mean, uh, yeah, and whatever the final bill ends up, if Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer both end up voting for it. It will be significant, no matter what's in the bill. Oh, no, right? right? It'll it'll like throw the alignment of the universe off, and we're you know <laughs> we're 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 going to start you know having uh, ski days in Washington in August or something. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the most interesting thing I found about the infrastructure bill, and this is the final thing I wanted to ask you about. So um, uh, once they announced that it looks like they're going to have a deal, Donald Trump went crazy, right, from Bedminster tweeting out, no, 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 don't go for this deal. And yet 17 Republican senators, despite Trump's demand, ended up voting to proceed with debate on the infrastructure bill. Uh, that same week, last week, there was a special election in Texas, congressional election, Donald Trump's candidate lost that uh, election, and a, a judge ruled that Donald Trump has to release his tax returns to Congress. Mm-hmm. Does this tell us that uh, maybe Donald Trump's influence, power, political power is starting to wane, or just did he have a bad week? You know, Bill, we've asked variations of that question <laughs> weekly, I think, for the five last years. You know, five, six years now. And it's, the answer has always been no. So I hesitate. But you do see, I don't know if it's temporary or not, but you do see uh, some change among Republican uh, voters in, 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 in the polling. And, and, and Trump is not as dominant. Uh, you know, he certainly really hasn't lost his core supporters, um, but uh, you do see the popularity peeling away. And I think, you know, if the economy uh, takes off, inflation's under control, uh, the, you know, the Delta uh, goes away, you, you know, you could certainly see that trend developing. But I have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, 
you know, lose money betting on Trump's influence to wane. He's still got a lot of a lot of support in the Congress and among that very passionate base. No, it does seem that certainly a majority of Republican office holders believe that they cannot publicly uh, oppose him, right, or be critical of him and win their primary election, certainly. Absolutely right. So when the primaries are over, does, you know, does, do, do things change a bit more? But yeah, I mean, I think if you're reading tea leaves, you might you might say that this 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 looks like it could be a change, but I'm not getting too excited. If you uh, looked into your crystal ball right now, do you believe Donald Trump runs again in 2024? Certainly, if he's uh, if he's healthy enough. Um, really? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, he certainly wants us to believe he's going to do it, and yeah. that you know that that's that that he needs to do to keep keep up his own finances and his own aura. But uh, uh, that's I, you know that I have no doubt that if he's uh, physically able to, and unless he sees it as an impossibility, he's going to do it. Your colleague David Farenholt reports that uh, in the last year, Donald Trump has raised a hundred million dollars for his political action committee. Mm -hmm. uh, hasn't spent much of it, but raised a hundred million dollars from uh, supporters um, who want to back him up to prove that the election was. Well, right. They think they're they think they're funding challenges to the election and that sort of thing. In reality, it's a it's a slush fund that uh, uh, Trump can use to pay himself and his family. Though you know, there, there's very few restrictions on how that money is spent. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's bilking his uh, own supporters to uh, prop up him his personal finances and his businesses. So. Uh, that's, that's, that's been what's going on since, uh, you know, he began challenging the election results. Yeah. It's amazing how many of those events, uh, just happen to be held at Trump properties. And so the money goes right back, right, right back into his, into his pocket. Uh, Dana Milbeck, tell us about the book you're working on. When's it coming out? And, uh, you have a working title. What's going on? Probably, probably about a year from now. Uh, we're we're thinking of calling it the Destructionists. Um, but basically, I, I'm going back to uh, the '94 uh, uh, Gingrich Revolution, and in some cases before, just to sort of see how we got to this moment, sort of this um, this unraveling of our institutions and uh, our our democracy and you know how we got to this point and you know it wasn't it wasn't trump it, if it wasn't trump it was going to be somebody else like it um we we've been building towards this for some time and uh the disappearance of trump does not mean it's going away right well it's interesting that you start 1994 because i've heard uh many people express the opinion including republican members of congress that the whole really broken politics of today or the war between the two parties started with Newt Gingrich, mm -hmm. that, that he's the one who really changed, you know, the way Congress, people like Tom Daschle and Trent Lott used to be able to work together, right? And Newt Gingrich came in and said, no, 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 we don't work with Democrats. They're the enemy. It's constant warfare. Yes. I know. I, I, I subscribe to that theory as well. Now, of course, he was doing that, you know, when he was attacking Jim Wright and all, you know, when they were in the minority. So it didn't start in 94, but it was mm -hmm. that 94 was when that uh, brand of politics became dominant. And, yeah. you know, it looked like we were in trouble then. I, and who knew we were we were still back in the good old days. Yeah. Thank you, Newt. Huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what about whatever with Newt? Thank you, Dana Milbank, for your time today. Thanks for My your pleasure, great Bill. work, as always. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing you uh, next time you pop up. 
in the Thank Washington you. Post and get you back on the Bill Press Pod one of these days. Thanks, Look forward. David. Look forward to it. Thank you. And that's it for today's edition of the Bill Press Pod with uh, Washington Post columnist Dana Milbank. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back on Friday with our weekly roundtable. In the meantime, please take good care of yourself. And um, by the way, I want to remind you again, if you haven't already done so, can't believe you haven't, please subscribe to the Bill Press Pod. It really helps us grow the podcast. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, just pull up Bill Press Pod. Click on the link, subscribe, and you are in. Thank you for doing that. Again, take care of yourself. Come back and see us for the roundtable and the next edition of the Bill Press Pod.